Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Hello everyone, this is The Paradigm Shift. Uh, Ian is with you. Today's show is about Kashmir and it's not been much in the news, but is there a possibility of a nuclear war arising out of that conflict that has been going on now for 60 years? And I will be interviewing a local Kashmiri community leader and we'll listen to what he has to say. The Kashmiris in Brisbane have been organising some protests to try to bring about the awareness of what's been going on in that part of the world. Of course, Kashmir is disputed territory between India and uh, Pakistan, and it is under control at the moment of India, Pakistan, and a part of it is under control of China. So to give us an idea of where the conflict is at, we're going to go to the United Nations yesterday where both Imran Khan, who is the president of Pakistan, and people would remember him as being a, a cricketer who used to play in Australia-Pakistan test cricket. He's now the president of Pakistan where he makes a plea to the international community about what's going on in Kashmir where it is currently under complete lockdown uh, the internet has been turned off and there's a curfew with big Indian military presence there. Also, we're going to hear, hear from Donald Trump who gives audience to the Prime Minister Modi of India and to hear what he has to say about that current situation. Now, let's go to the United Nations which is, I believe, currently debating the the issue of Kashmir in the northern part of the subcontinent, really in Central Asia. Let's go now to Imran Khan and Trump on Kashmir. I would not really have come out at this time, but I came out to New York only because I felt that unless we highlight what is going on in Kashmir, uh, the world is not going to know. Neither will the the people know the oppression that is going on, nor will the world understand that this is just the beginning. It's going to get worse. And uh, there's a potential that two nuclear-armed countries will come face to face at some stage. And also, I think, of finally, of the world leaders, the big countries, the powerful countries, I would urge them to look beyond big markets 
there's certain this thing if this thing goes wrong it will the effects will go way beyond the borders of the subcontinent and this obsession with big markets and and trade and all that i mean this is serious and i again repeat we do not know what will happen after the curfew is lifted and my fear is that with 900,000 troops there there will be a massacre it's a great honor as you know to be with cuz we were together just the other day in front of 59,000 people in the stadium that was a great day prime minister modi of india and we have many things to discuss one of them and perhaps in our case one of the biggest ones is trade we do a lot of trade together and we're working on that uh, we'll also be discussing kashmir i imagine that'll be brought up and uh, other things but we have plenty to discuss and uh, the relationship has never been better i say that it is right now between the prime minister myself india and the united states so it's a great honor to have you
That was May Chani. It's a song for the love of Kashmir by Ali Safidin. That is a, it's an old Kashmiri folk song written by a Sufi saint and it is a, it's, a, it's his affection for the country which is a, a beautiful place. Now let's go to the local uh, Kashmiri community leader and he, he, I spoke to him earlier this morning about the crisis in Kashmir. Can you please introduce yourself? Jamshed Kashkari and I, I live in Brisbane. I have, and whereabouts are you from? I'm from Kashmir, Srinagar, Kashmir, which is under Indian occupation. So could you tell us a little bit about Kashmir and about its, its geography and its beauty? Yeah, Kashmir is north of India. It's, 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 it has got a boundary with China, Pakistan, uh, India, and also a little bit with Afghanistan. Basically, India and Pakistan, they are Southeast Asia, while the Kashmir is a part of Central Asia. You know, we used to have, we still have got the old trade route, Silk Route used to come through the Kashmir. When did the dispute over Kashmir begin? Yeah, on 26th of October, 1947, after India got independence, they invaded, they invaded uh, Kashmir and bought the military in. That, that was on 26th of October 1947, while as India got independence in uh, 14 August uh, 1947. So that was part of the partition of India and Pakistan, which was overseen by Lord Mountbatten on behalf of the British. Basically, Kashmir was an independent country. It was not under the British control at that time, you know. We were independent. We had a Maharaja, you know, the king who was a Hindu, you know. He didn't want to accede to either to Pakistan or India. So he wanted to be an independent. So when India got independence in 1947, it was an independent country. So if we look at the history of uh, Kashmir in the ancient times, it would have been invaded by the Mughals. It would have been under Sikh control at some stage. There were certainly attempts by Britain to put it under its control. When was Kashmir originally colonised and by whom? It, it, it was just before the Mughal invaded it, you know, till, till the Mughal. We used to have our own uh, ruler and kingdom. And uh, what the they tried to uh, attack us uh, militarily, but they didn't succeed. And what happened is after that is uh, that they they called the king, you know, at the time. His name was Yusuf Shah, Czech for negotiation. So the Mughals arrested him and, and took control of Kashmir. What is the current situation in Kashmir? It, it has been in lockdown for the last 50 days. There's been a curfew on the streets and the internet has been shut off. So could you explain what is going on? On 5th, 5th of August, 
India locked down the whole Kashmir. What they did is they imposed the curfew. Uh, that means that nobody is allowed to come out of the house. As soon as somebody comes, they they can kill them. They can shoot and kill them. They they snapped the internet. They snapped the phone lines, and uh, also they uh, snapped them the TV channels too, so that they can't. Uh, they are not aware of what's happening. And so it, it has bec- it became a prison uh, where the people can't uh, come out, uh, you know. And uh, this was done only to make sure that people don't know what's happening there. And if they know, they they may come, uh, they may pr- protest, you know. But to curb that, they impose the curfews and lock complete lockdown. So people must be running short of food. There are, you know, there are reports that there is a shortage of food, medicines, and people are unable to access the hospitals because there is a curfew. And there are reports that a lot of children uh, and the patient died because they couldn't get access to the hospital. The people who are on a daily wage, you know, they are on a casual work, they can't work, so they, they for 50 days they haven't earned any money. So they can't buy food and other things. Is the dispute a religious dispute? No, it's not. You know, Kashmir has been always secular, uh, secular in character, and every uh, you know, everybody has a right, irrespective of religion and race, to live in Kashmir. And uh, it has never been Kashmir. Is a, it has never been a religious dispute. Unfortunately, India tries to, uh, you know. Uh, project is as a religious dispute. It's not. It's it's uh, it's it's about 12, one point, uh, 12 million fate uh, of the 12 million people living in, in in that area. So parts of Kashmir are under Indians control. Parts are under Pakistani control, and parts are under Chinese control. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, basically, uh, in, in, when when there was a ceasefire between India and Pakistan, uh, Pakistan controlled uh, uh, area, and India also controlled uh, uh, the part which is known as Indian administered, Indian controlled Kashmir. And there is no international boundary between the two. There is a line of actual control. It's not a recognized boundary. So whoever have the control, that's the line. They have demarcated that. And uh, China holds uh, some part of the Kashmir too. So when was the war between India and Pakistan for control of Kashmir? Uh, it, it starts on uh, 26th of October 1947, when the Indian Army entered it into it into the into the region into the region. That's when it started. Pakistan also uh, got their uh, tribal people there. And and uh, they took each each country took uh, yeah you know almost half of the Kashmir. The second prime minister of Pakistan, that's just after 1947, Nazimuddin, he once stated, "I do not agree that religion is a private affair of the individual, nor do I agree that in an Islamic state, every citizen has identical rights, no matter what his caste, creed, or faith may be." Could you comment on that? 
you know, I, I don't really agree with that. You know, basically, uh, whoever lives in, in any country, whether it's, uh, it's uh, Pakistan, India, should have an equal right, like we have got equal rights here. So there, there should not be discrimination on the basis of, of, of religion, or race, or color. It should be based on equality of gender. There's no room in this modern society to uh, to discriminate people on the basis of religion, caste, uh, color. What does freedom mean to Kashmiris? Freedom means to Kashmiri is to rule by themselves, not to be dictated by the military might of India. The freedom to Kashmiri means they can live, they can make their own laws, they can live, they can have the trade with any country whatsoever they like to have. India is robbing our resources. Initially, they robbed the forest, and now they are robbing our water resources. So, uh, you know, the freedom to Kashmiri means to use those resources for the benefit of the people. Does that mean freedom from caste? and the domination of one class over another? It is. Uh, it, it's a, the freedom means to Kashmiri is the freedom from India, uh, which is under the uh, right-wing extremist uh, garment now. That's, that's what an ordinary Kashmiri, you know, the freedom to, uh, means to them. Why does the rape of Kashmiri women by the Indian military go unreported? You know, in, in Kashmir, there's an there, there's a, there's an armed force which prevent which gives immunity to to the people of uh, to the army uh, for any any uh, any war crimes they commit, and the Indian media doesn't report any any of those war crimes. Uh, there have been numerous rapes, and the rape is only to to use as a military weapon to oppress people. It has been used for centuries as a military weapon, and it's using uh, India is using it in Kashmir too. In the north of India, when the military raped a number of women, they organised a protest of women between the age of eight years of age and eighty years of age, and they went to the military base and they took all their clothes off and they stood there naked, accusing the military of what they had done. Why hasn't that happened in Kashmir? That, that has happened in, in, in part of Nagaland and Manipur. The women uh, stripped themselves in front of the army, but, the, uh, you know, Muslim, uh, Kashmir is a Muslim-majority area, while, people, while women don't like to strip themselves. That's one. The other thing is, uh, when it comes to Kashmir, uh, they bring the Indian government, always, uh, they, they bring out the nationalism. So at that time, it is between nationalism and nobody is allowed to say anything against nationalism. And India is, uh, all some of the Indian civil societies have, have been vocal, like Dr. Uh, Anubhati Roy and uh, Prasad Bhushan and uh, other, other such people about the atrocities which the Indians are committing in Kashmir. But overall, there has been a very poor response from the Indian civil society about the about the human rights violations and the and the uh, what's happening in Kashmir.
one step, one step, one step at a time is a step in the right direction. One step, one step, one step at a time is a step in the right direction. with Peter Hunt as the lead singer. A great band. They're playing tonight, actually, at Dunwich on Kwandamuka, Minjera Bar, uh, at the Fruit Barn at 6.30, I believe, the gig starts. So that's an interesting venue there on... Um, or Gumpi is the Indigenous name for Dunwich over on Minjera Bar, Australia. And uh, if you want to catch that... 
um, that band, that's that's where they're playing. I believe today or yesterday they were giving workshops as well. So um, worthwhile getting along to that. Now, today's show, we're on the paradigm shift. We're coming up to half past 12. We're talking about the possibility of there being an outbreak of nuclear war in the subcontinent where Indian 900,000 Indian troops are occupying Kashmir. We've got three nuclear-armed nations in the vicinity, Pakistan, China and India. And I've got a text from someone, uh, a a brave uh, triple Z announcer. Uh, He's uh, asked me, what is the solution? Well, one solution is more work has to be done on nuclear disarmament. Anyway, there's some solutions being put forward by Jumshed, and we might go back to hear a little bit more about the dispute first and then see what we can do about it. Let's go back to the second part of that interview now. You're with Ian. Please describe the close intelligence and security cooperation that exists between Israel and India in Kashmir. Yes, there, there, there is because uh, how uh, how Israel, India wants to learn and India wants to get the expertise from Israel, how they they crush the Palestinian movement, how they have crushed them, how they handle them. So they, you know, and uh, and that's what that's what uh, what India is is getting uh, is getting that uh, knowledge and expertise from the Israel. So they have a very close connection uh, and uh, or cooperation in that field. India is also buying a lot of weapons from Israel too. And that most of those weapons are used on Kashmir. Can you explain what the revocation of Article 370 means? Basically, you know, when India entered into the Kashmir, they said, we will take only three uh, three things. Uh, we will have the control only on three things. That was foreign affairs, uh, defense, and telecommunication. Rest, the, 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 the government in Jammu and Kashmir will have full control on, on, on all the subjects. Uh, even the in, uh, Indian uh, Supreme Court jurisdiction was not uh, in Kashmir. So the, the Indian Supreme Court didn't have the jurisdiction in Kashmir. So what happened in, in 1965, in 1965, in 1965 that the people, uh, the Indian government, like what they did now, they took, they, they, they got rid of the prime minister. We used to have our own prime minister and they replaced him with their puppet chief minister and they abolished all those all those laws which were under the direct control of Kashmir government and they gave it to the Indian Indian state now article 370 whatever was left it was only left the right of the indigenous people on the land now, with this article, uh, with this abolition of these articles, now they have taken the right of indigenous people 
uh, right of land on indigenous people and also the jobs and other things uh, which was supposed to be uh, going to the indigenous people won't be will be will be given to other people from the rest of the india and the purpose of this article 70 is to change the demography of the state that's what what it is and under uh, under the united nations uh, charter any disputed territories where there is a demography where the country the state is trying to bring change the demography of the place is is a war crime So why did so, Modi take away Article 35A? What was the purpose? The, the purpose of them was to change the demography, and uh, because he comes from a RSS, which which is a right-wing Hindu nation, Hindu nationalist party, and their uh, they, their uh, idols are Mussolini and Hitler, and that's what. Uh, what they are thing they are trying to change the, by doing that they, are, they want to change the demography of the state and they wanted to have a full control if we, we uh, now full control of the place now it is directly under the central government even its rights of like other states in india have more rights than kashmir now at the outset of the current crisis prime minister modi he tweeted on the 6th of august 2019 the following words I salute my sisters and brothers of Jammu Kashmir and Ladakh for their courage and resilience for years vested interest groups who believe in an emotional back blackmail never cared for people's empowerment Jammu and Kashmir is now free from the shackles a new dawn a better tomorrow awaits what does modi mean it's really really funny you know uh, what uh, they say that uh, the you know uh, people are happy we did it for the benefit of the people if the people and they did for the benefit of the people why people are locked out locked for last 50 days why the phones are snapped why they don't allow them to move out of their houses and have a peaceful protest you know uh, if if the people are with him Uh, with the decision they will be celebrating and why do why do they need to impose curfews and restrictions lock uh, lock up uh, you know so it is really really a propaganda he, he is trying to do it to to uh, mislead the international community and further the purpose of this move is also to get votes uh, for himself in, uh, in the elections in india there are a few states going to the elections when he used the words i salute my sisters and brothers could he really be only referring to my hindu sisters and brothers uh, uh, to be honest now you know there are a lot of hindus in kashmir you know and i'm certain there are majority of the hindus which are really scared of this move which are not happy with the move So I, 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 it's, 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 you know, he, he, he is just doing a propaganda war. He thinks uh, you are happy. I have taken your uh, rights, uh, basic, uh, basic rights. So that's what he is saying. You know, his, his, his words are basically uh, to mislead the international community. In this, everything is 
In the same way that um, uh, the former Prime Minister of Israel, Netanyahu, said that he wished to annex the West Bank by continuing the settlement program uh, and driving the Palestinians out, could it be that what Modi is really doing, he's annexing Kashmir for Hindus to set up property ownership and development by them and then them alone? That, that's what one of the manifesto in these uh, is that they want to have the settlement like the Israeli settlement in Kashmir, but they will bring the people from outside to, uh, to live in. So that, that's, that's one, and that's one of the reasons they took the Article 372, because otherwise they would not have been able to do that. They wouldn't have been able and to buy indigenous land, for example. It, it would have yes, been protected. Yes. And also, uh, you know, one of the proposals Indians have is to settle the five million army, you know, retired army persons in Kashmir who can use a gun against uh, people of Kashmir. What do you think will happen but, now? You know, uh, there will be heaps of uh, human rights violation. There will be bloodshed in Kashmir. And there's, a, there's a apprehension of a genocide. Indian Indian army forces, uh, you know, indulging in a genocide if the international community doesn't wake up now. Prime Minister Imran Khan has withdrawn Pakistan's ambassador from India and has expelled his Indian counterpart. He has called on the UN to send in peacekeepers. What are the United Nations resolutions about this? Okay. You know, basically, the United Nations, there, there are about 11 United Nations resolutions on Kashmir. Uh, the resolution 47 of the Security Council fully states that the people of Jammu and Kashmir will decide their own fate through referendum. And at that time, the United Nations sent their peacekeeping force in Kashmir. There, they, there are peacekeeping force in Kashmir, but they are, they are in a very small number. They, they monitor the ceasefire violations and the things in Kashmir. So there are already a small number of peacekeeping forces in Kashmir. And Imran Khan rightly expelled uh, the, uh, the ambassador, Indian ambassador, and got his ambassador back because he, he tried his best. Uh, to come on the table and sort the Kashmir out, while India India refused uh, on one pretext or other. So India is never uh, India never wants to have a uh, dialogue in Kashmir, and uh, uh, you know. So what's the fun of having a having a dialogue if they don't have the uh, uh, dialogue on the on the issue, which is a burning issue? United Nations has got a moral obligation under the Security Council resolution to act uh, to make sure there is no genocide in Kashmir. To, uh, there are so many reports of United Nations Human Rights Commission saying the gross human rights violation by Indian forces in Kashmir. And the, the the Indian government is not allowing the United, you know, Human Rights Commission to come into the Kashmir. So it's a moral obligation uh, for the United Nations to 
to, to stop the, uh, to make sure that we don't, uh, there is no genocide in Kashmir.
That was Within You, Without You by George Harrison and the Beatles, featuring some Indian instruments there or maybe instruments from that whole subcontinent, uh, including the sitar. And, of course, that was George Harrison's infatuation with uh, Maharishi Mahmesh Yogi and uh, with Hinduism. So I don't know that we've... I think we can rule out any engagement with religion as being a solution to the problem. Coming back to Wave Beach's question, what is the solution to this deep and tragic story? So let's go back now to Jumshed, who is one of the, the Kashmiri local community leaders, and hear what he has to say. At the same time that India was taking control of Kashmir, that's back in 1947, Israeli militia were taking control of Palestine. It's called al-Nakba, the, the catastrophe. And in the intervening time, there has been very strong Palestinian resistance against the occupation. And most recently, they've had this big march of return where the Palestinians are being shot at, but they still march up to the fences in Gaza to try to overcome the occupation. And so you'd have to say that their resistance has been extremely resolute and stronger than that of the Kashmiris. Why do you think that is the case? You know, because uh, the main objective was Kashmiris are peace-loving people. You know, Mahatma Gandhi, when, in, when India got divided, Mahatma Gandhi said the only only peaceful light, or the secular light, which you can see is in Kashmir. Uh, and also, the thing is that India always said that they want to sort out Kashmir uh, only with the word, but not in action. So they gave always a hope that they will be sorting out the Kashmir, whereas the Palestinians didn't have any hope. And and to be honest, enough, like Kashmiris are not uh, they are not a very they are not violent historically. They are not violent people. They have been massacred by all the invading forces. So. That's a that's a difference, you know. The Kashmiri wanted it by peaceful means, and there have been always resistance against India, you know. But the international community doesn't pay any uh, attention to our 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 dispute. Kashmir is bounded by three nuclear armed states: India, Pakistan, and China, and a fourth nuclear power, the United States occupies neighbouring Afghanistan. Is nuclear war likely? There is a high, lie, uh, high probability of having a nuclear war because there is always war going on the border between India and Pakistan, you know, uh, the shelling and uh, anything. Uh, last few, uh, maybe few months back, India uh, sent their, uh, you know, uh, jets to bombard one of the parts in, in 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 Pakistan, and Pakistan reiterated, uh, re uh, and uh, you know, uh, it can easily 
uh, it can easily escalate to the war and to the nuclear war. You know, if one, if Pakistan is losing uh, the war, they, they are India. Any of them can use the nuclear weapons. So there's highly chance that it can be a, there can be a nuclear war. It is a, uh, it, it, it will be a sad day for the human race. Yeah. I, I heard I, mean, I heard Imran Khan on uh, television in America. He was saying that one of the reasons why the big powers, you know, China, the U.S., don't intervene, is because they don't want to upset the big markets that exist in those countries. You know, you've got an incredibly populous uh, Pakistan, nearly two hundred and twenty million people. You have India. Well, it's always called the biggest democracy in the world, and Kashmir has got a lot of people there too. So, the big powers don't seem to want to interfere because there's a lot of money to be made for them. Do you agree? Oh, that, that's a, that's a tragedy, and that's true. And they see India as a big market, so everybody wants to sell their arms. Um, uh, stuff in India, you know, uh, that the India, uh, a few years back, uh, France and India uh, signed uh, billion, billions of billions of dollars of uh, contract uh, in, in, to sell jets to India, and, in the, in, and that America and all the superpower wants the share of the Indian market, and that's a fact, and that's why they don't want to upset India. What can our listeners do to help the struggle of the Kashmiri people for freedom? I just uh, request all our listeners, please uh, do a research on Kashmir and please write uh, to your local MPs and senators about the violation and to, to ask their government uh, to take it uh, to, to take the issue with the Indian government and uh, ask him to lift the siege. I've been to one of your demonstrations in King George Square and I know you've had others. Um, can people participate in those events? In, and if so, how do they find out who to contact and when they're on? You know, the, the, there were uh, people from all uh, all nationalities in, in, the, in, 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 uh, in the protest for the solidarity of the people of Kashmir. And uh, you know, I think uh, they uh, they advertise it through social media, and that's how the people came there. They, you know, only through the social media that that protests were going on. And everybody, irrespective of religion, uh, race, who participated there, stood for the uh, solidarity of the people of Kashmir. Sorry, we, we had a different people of different religion, from Hindus, uh, from Christians, from uh, all over. You know, they they all came to support our cause. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, you know, I I I I, I really want the uh, the Australian government to put pressure on India to stop the seas, to lift the seas. Uh, lock uh, and allow the people 
to decide their own uh, destiny. You know, if they if they don't if, if India doesn't listen, and the government can put uh, sanctions on India, and which can really hurt them, and then that's one of the one of the ways to bring them on the uh, on the table. Thank you very much, Jamshid. Thank you, Ian. Thank you very much uh, for, uh, for having me on.
agradecer mi corazón Cuando los satélites no alcancen Yo vengo a ofrecer mi corazón Hablo de países y de esperanzas Hablo por la vida Hablo por la nada Hablo de cambiar esta nuestra casa That was the uh, the uh, Yovengo Ofushia Mi Corazon by Jumping Fences. Um, and there's certainly, in Kashmir, there's got to say no to racism, no to religious violence, and certainly no to uh, military intervention and curfews that have been imposed upon people. We're pretty well running out of time here. I'm just going to go out now. I, I really, you know... I, we received a couple of texts about what's the solution to this. I think we've got to get, first of all, we've got to get to the information and get to the truth of what's going on there. To occupy a country for so long, as India has done in 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 Kashmir, is is wrong. They they the people there deserve their freedom and, and autonomy. They did have some autonomy but um, it was taken away. And we can't forget also that Pakistan did engage in a lot of, of arming of jihadi groups, and that doesn't help either. So, you know, we heard Imran Khan in the United Nations at the beginning of the show saying that the big countries don't want to intervene because they can see it'll interfere with the, their markets and so they're willing just to stand by the on the wayside and uh, it's good that uh, Jamshid and his uh, fellow Kashmiris in Brisbane have brought this out onto the streets. I, I've been, uh, last week I went to a demonstration that they had to try to bring them the uh, information forward and as he said in the interview people of all religious persuasions and races gender all came along so that was very good we don't have a lot of solutions at the moment but uh, i'm just going to go out with a nice song it's called satellites it's by jumping fences which next friday they have they're in their 11th year they're having a very interesting 
gig. It's called Foco Nuevo. They've even got a Swiss band <laughs> at this one. So let's just get a little taste of satellites from Jumping Fences. Sorry. 